In the same way that you, Carl Urban, shame me, I will Hugh Grant shame you for the rest of your life. so much for tuning in again this week if you like what we do please leave us a rating or a review on apple Podcasts. it helps get the show out there share this with your friends wherever you found it whether it was apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher tune in spotify all of the major places where you can find fine podcast content you can find raymond and myself you can connect with us on social media at two woke nerds on twitter you can shoot us an email two woke nerds at gmail.com my name is gerald goodridge i'm your host this week like i am every time we grace your podcast feed, and I'm joined by a man who's restarting the 1991 Rick Moranis fan club, Raymond Summerlin. Ray, how are you? First of all, I, I need to be shrunk a little bit before summer comes around here, so it's good that we're getting uh, good. We're getting this back in the mix. Uh, Honey, I shrunk the kids. Interesting because for many reasons, because it's great. I mean, it's fantastic. Obviously, incredible. It's fantastic. But did you know, like the dad from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids of like the neighbors, the neighbor kids' dad was like. Was the Jack from Jack in the Box commercials forever? No. It's just a random piece of trivia that I have no idea why I know that. But apparently he played like the Jack character, which was interesting. I, I don't know if he still does. I don't, I don't even know if they still make those commercials. Is Jack in the Box all around the country? I'm sorry, Mandy, he's taken over early. Anyway, continue. It, I mean, it, it, I don't know if Jack in the Box is regional, like in the same way where like a Whataburger is regional. But uh, I, I don't know. I. I haven't had Jack in the Box in probably five years. It's probably the last time I had Jack in the Box. So but, can, uh, man. can I tell you something shameful about Jack in the Box? So of course. There was, I had a class when I was in college that was a, a night class, and it was one of the three-hour night classes. So it was, like from, it was like from five to eight or something like that. And, and so I actually even think it was like from six to 8.30 or whatever it was. And so Woof. I would get out of that. I, I know it was bad. It, it, I would get out of that class pretty late. And so I would drive home. And on my way home from school, there was a Jack in the Box. A Jack in the Box, by the way, that my sister late one night wrecked her car in the drive-thru of. But that's a story for another day. <laughs> so Whole another day. Whole another day. Uh, she went to the same college I did, interestingly. But so... So we, so anyway, I, I would stop by that Jack in the Box, and it got to the point it was such a routine that like by like the seventh class day, like I when I pulled up, they knew what I was ordering—a bacon ultimate cheeseburger with curly fries. Like they knew that that's what it was. They almost like had it ready for me at eight forty-five, and I I was proud of that for a moment because I felt like Norm. You know, I felt like Norm from Cheers. That like that, exactly. I felt really excited, and now thinking back, I was like, God. That was not healthy. That was not a healthy lifestyle I was leading. One, college is just a time for filth and grossness and ridiculousness. <laughs> but um, that I have a I have a I have a Taco Bell twice in a day story that I'll share on another <laughs> podcast as well. But uh, it's a good long one. story. Long story short is the drive through at Taco Bell for fraud prevention cannot swipe the same debit or credit card twice in a twenty four hour period. I'll just leave it at that. Gerald worked third shift at one point, and things happened. So, it is Valentine's Day week, and so Ray and I are here to discuss a little romance. Something that if you know Raymond and I well, or you've listened to us for long enough, you know that Raymond and I both 
are un- unashamed about our love for romantic comedies. Unashamed about our love for movies that both make you laugh and hit you in the feelings. I, I feel like that's fair to say. And so what we want to do in the spirit of love and Valentine's Day, we want to do one of our drafts. We haven't done a draft in a while. So we're going to do a draft and we're going to draft our favorite romantic comedies. Now, the caveat I always put on these uh, these drafts is that it's not about being the best, but it's about being our favorite, right? Is that a fair fair expectation to put on this? Yeah, like because I think if you're looking for like the best romantic comedy, then it's it's probably it's probably like a Annie Hall, right? Like it's probably some Woody Allen movie from the seventies, and so I like I don't, but I don't really care to watch those. I prefer to watch like bad Sandra Bullock movies, and so yeah. I I just I, I these are all about enjoyment. The movies that I enjoy, yeah, that's a hundred percent where I'm at. Where I'm at with that as well, like. It would be something really classy for talking about, like it happened one night from nineteen the 1940s, right? That would be like what we would consider like the best. But it's it's more about enjoyment. So right before the show, you and I wanted to wanted to kind of level set on this a little bit and dive into like what what a romantic comedy is, right? Because there are romances, there's comedies, and then there's this weird kind of section of the Venn diagram that seems like a very specific type of movie. It seems like a very specific genre, but it's kind of weirdly defined, right? So in your estimation, what would you say is a romantic comedy? How would you define it, especially for the purposes of you and I doing arbitrary drafts? Yeah, I think that it's really tough because I think it's it's just a feeling. Like, there's no, like, metric you can put on it. I feel like to be a romantic comedy, it needs to be basically, like, 50-50. Because every romance is going to have comedic moments. There are funny moments in The Notebook, for instance. Uh, but I don't think anybody would call that a romantic comedy by any stretch of the imagination and there's generally a romance there's a romance in old school but i don't think anybody would call old school a romantic comedy right and so like i think that i think it needs to be as close to 50 50 as as possible that romance is the main thing but it's also just layered with layered with comedy i guess judd apatow movies are are as close to the that line between comedy and romantic comedy is, is probably possible. Like kind of depending on what movie it could go on either end. Yeah. And, and I think that's like the Apatow epic. Cause I think what we have to call it's like, there's that, there's that Apatow horizon that we cross. And the, the, the tough thing is like that Apatow crew. I think it's not like the frat pack because the frat pack was the, the, the guys from old school, but like, you know, the Jason Siegels of the world and the, uh, the Seth Rogans who kind of strike that balance of like heartwarming comedy. Cause you think about a movie like forgetting Sarah Marshall, which I would consider a romantic comedy, but it's like right on the edge because I think for me, when you think about a romantic comedy, it's like, is the romance the through line of the film? Like, is a story about two people falling in love the through line through the film? And so I think a movie like Forgetting Sarah Marshall, for me, passes the test. Because it's all about, he gets he goes through this breakup, and then he falls in love with Mila Kunis at... But, side note, wish fulfillment for uh, Jason Siegel there, yep. because both of those women are out of his league. Let's just, way, way let's just start there. Both, both of them. Both of them. If you want to even go that route, um, a movie like that, like Forty uh, Year Old Virgin, is another one that I think really straddles that line because, like, it's is what like what side does it fall on, right? Um, 
and I think some of it, some of the hesitation that you and I are both feeling is like, it's hard for the bro comedy guys to really feel romantic. But then you've got a movie uh, that's probably on your list that we'll talk about later uh, that is probably in the romantic comedy genre, but it stars Seth Rogen. So I really just, it's so tough for me to make the distinction. Yeah, I think that it, that's like the tricky part. And it, I, it's going to be different for everybody. So like I'll, I'll hear, I'll hear, like I go through lists before we do something like this just to make sure I'm not forgetting something because you're not going to be able to do it off the top of your head. And there's some that I see on there that I'm like, this is absurd. Like 10 Things I Hate About You is not, in my opinion, a romantic comedy. But then I see Clueless and I'm like, uh, it, yeah, it might be. It's not on my list because I don't really think of it as a romantic comedy. But it's it's funny. It's really funny. And it's got a bit of romance in it. But it, it's not really about the romance. It's more about the their lives and growing up you know so i i don't know it's it's really tricky it's a really personal thing but i do plan to attack you with full venom and vigor if you say one that i don't think is a romantic comedy just 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 so you know as long as the expectation is set that we will both be completely ruthless when the other one says something that we disagree with. Uh, and I'm sure it'll happen early and often if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time. Even just today, you probably have heard that already. Like, do these guys actually like each other? I mean, we've been friends for like, what, going on two decades? So it's totally It waxes totally fine. and wanes. It waxes and wanes. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. So, Ray, I, we're just going to go an arbitrary number of rounds. We're going to go, uh, what do you think? Five rounds feel good to you? Do you have a li- do you have enough for five rounds of a draft? Do you feel how like that's do, fair? How about we do three and then throw out some honorable mentions? How does that sound? So, we're going to do we're gonna do as many as we want. Essential. We'll say three are, our, three <laughs> yeah. are our essential picks. So, I already threw out two honorable mentions that I really love on this list. Ray, I'm going to give you the honors. First pick. Because our lists, I know, do not cross over that much, and that's okay. The only reason you're giving me first pick is because you know what my first pick is, and you hate this movie. <laughs> it's the only reason. Yep. That, it's the only reason that you you're, you tried to play it magnanimous. We're gonna pull back the curtain here and know that you know for a fact that I'm picking the correct pick. By the way, America agrees. You just go and look at Netflix numbers around Christmas, and America agrees that the number one romantic comedy is Love Actually. And it's not even a question. And don't come at me with how, with how, uh, with how Andrew Lincoln, well, I gotta remember Rick Grimes, how Rick Grimes is a bad person, because Rick Grimes is a bad person in both that and The Walking Dead. Don't come at me about that. Don't come at me about how most of them are actually terrible people, because most of them are, in fact, terrible people. Rest in peace, Alan Rickman, but you were awful, just an awful person in this movie. That movie brings so much joy. It's so funny throughout. It's literally love is all around us. It's everywhere we go. Thank you very much. It is, it's perfect. Like love actually is a perfect, perfect romantic comedy. The only thing that brings love actually down for me, even a little bit, I'm going to be very honest with you, is that it spawned all of these terrible holiday movies like, (laughs) like President's Day. New Year's Eve. Yeah, New Year's Eve and President's MLK Ar- Day, Arbor Day, or whatever, like whatever terrible movie that Jennifer Gardner is going to be in this year. Like it, it spawned all of those. That's the only thing that brings it down for me. I like Love Actually is fine. Love Actually is fine. False. I just I False. I can't I I cannot get over the fact that Baron Mordo needs to beat Rick Grimes in the head with a brick. Like I can't get over that. Like don't like no stop it. 
Like, just just stop. Just absolutely stop. Do not show up at your best friend's doorstep and profess your love for his wife unless you're ready to catch these hands. I'm sorry. I cannot I, get over it. I believe that's the second time in, like, two months because I bet we talked about love actually at Christmas time because I, did. I watch it. I think that's the second time that you've, you've professed your desire to hit Rick Grimes the brick. Like, I think well. To, to be fair, most of the people that followed him to and from the various places in Georgia and the world felt the same way. Uh, that's, that's true. Neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. So my number one pick, this is a dark horse, and I'm just coming out of left field with it. So this is probably not the best one on the list. I don't think it's on Rotten Tomatoes' list of 200 uh, best romantic comedies, which is the list I reviewed to make sure I didn't miss anything important. But one that I absolutely love and that um, – reignited I'll say in the late college years Gerald my love affair with Ryan Reynolds is a little movie called definitely maybe and so um, the plot is pretty simple so Abigail Breslin is uh, is his daughter and he's kind of walking her through um, the story of how her uh, her parents met they're going through a divorce uh, situation and uh there's just it's whole it's kind of like if how I met your mother was executed well is the best way I could throw it out there it's like I kind of I kind of fell into those at the same time and so um he goes through like different phases in his life uh Derek Luke is the um I'm just gonna go ahead and say the obligatory black best friend in this romantic (laughs) comedy it's it's real fun for me I have a really really good time with it and the way that they reveal at the end uh, who the actual love of his life is is really, really interesting. I just have a good time with it. I hold up, and I will forever hold this up, that Ryan Reynolds may not always make a good movie, but he always makes a movie that I enjoy. Yeah, and we're going we're gonna to find out if that's true when this video game movie comes out in the, <laughs> in the near future, because it's looking... Whew, I don't know It could about be it. one of two ways, Ray. Or, yeah, I, we'll see. We'll see. I actually It'll be saw- interesting. I never saw Pikachu, so we'll you know we'll we'll kind of leave that for another Fair. day. So I so my second one because I'm going to try to not pick all Hugh Grant movies because fair because I could I literally could pick all Hugh Grant movies. I could pick <laughs> Notting Hill. I could put Four Weddings and a Funeral. I could pick Two Weeks Notice. I can pick I can pick nothing but Hugh Grant movies, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go to my second favorite male star of romantic comedies in Matthew McConaughey, and I am going to pick How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, which is great. It's a fantastically terrible movie. I will watch that movie anytime it's on. It is the Blade Trinity of TBS Saturdays. Because they play the action movies on TNT and they play the romantic comedies on TBS. I will watch. I will watch How to Lose a Guy. I love. I love Matthew McConaughey romantic comedy so much. I'll watch Failure to Launch. There's something about that man in a romantic comedy that I just love. I just absolutely love him in a romantic comedy. There's like it's just cool. Uh, he's just the he's just the man. And so I love How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. And I also like that How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days is basically just like the playbook of of how to make a romantic comedy. Like, it's just like, it's perfect. It's just the way it's constructed. It's constructed so well. And I, uh, it has every little, it has every little cliched romantic comedy thing in there. It's funny. It's enjoyable. It has the fun family scenes playing BS, which is fun. Cause it reminds me of 
my fun family scenes playing BS with my crazy family. And so it's no, I, I love it. I love how to lose a guy in 10 days. And as I said, it's we, we've now gone through my list. Hugh Grant, <laughs> second on that list, McConaughey, and then we move on from there. And I think that's fair. Really, from like 95 to 2007 or 8, there were two names in romantic comedies, and it was Hugh Grant and Matthew McConaughey. And I love it. I absolutely love it. So you mentioned one that, that it's on my list. Notting Hill is up there. I absolutely love that movie. But my second pick is a little off the beaten path. Maybe not off the beaten path, but one that maybe didn't necessarily uh, – I don't know, whatever, I'm just going to say it. So, The Wedding Singer. The Wedding Singer is absolutely, without a doubt, an incredible romantic comedy. I absolutely love, love, love that movie. Uh, It just, it makes you laugh. It's honestly a really good period piece as well for the 1980s. It just kind of does that really, really well. It's got a ton of heart. It kicked off that... Sandler Drew Barrymore thing that happened a couple of times and it was had mixed reviews. Another one uh, that I considered in this in the Sandler spot, I'll call it is 51st Dates that I is probably not as good as The Wedding Singer, but it's very, very funny. Uh, But it does that weird thing where Adam Sandler movies always have like three problematic jokes uh, and The Wedding Singer avoids that in in a good way. So I have a blast with that movie every time it comes on. Uh, I will occasionally just tweet out your name's going to be Julia Gulia and get laughs out of it. It's it's just a really really good good movie. Yeah, no, I mean I like it. Sailor's another one that really just has hit that lane several times. It's always with Drew Barrymore too. Like it's like hundred percent. Like they've they've really just they've they've kind of gouged out this nice this nice lane, and I uh, I support it. I support it hundred percent. I my last one we sh- maybe shouldn't have done three. We're gonna have a lot of honorable mentions. I a lot, go, a lot. I wanted to go like really new with it. And I wanted to go a different direction. My first two had been kind of just based on the men. This last one is, it's not a new movie, but it is relatively new as as my romantic comedy history goes. And that, The newest one on our list for sure. Uh, probably. And that's Trainwreck, um, which I, I absolutely love. I think Trainwreck, Trainwreck's weird because Trainwreck is a great romantic comedy. It's hilarious. Um you know, Amy Schumer is great in it. It she it was well written. Bill Hader is great in it. All of the sports celebrity uh sports celebrity cameos are hilarious. John Cena is just it's the first time I realized that John Cena's funny. And by the way, if you don't know that, John Cena's hilarious. Hilarious. Like you should go listen to John Cena interviews. It's like it's just dry wit. And it's so confusing. Cause like, don't you know that you're giant? Like you realize you don't have to be funny, right? Don't you know that you could you could literally snap me in half? And he's like, "No, I'm just going to be dry wit." He has he has the wit of a much softer man. <laughs> that should be his Twitter bio. You need to send, <laughs> you need to send that to him. <laughs> oh man, John Cena. WWE's superstar has the wit of a much softer man. <laughs> da, 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 da. Anyway, so, <laughs> so no, I I think Trainwreck. I I like it's. I think it's one of the. It's like I think it's actually legitimately a good movie. And so on top of just being funny and being a you know a fun romantic comedy love story that and it's, it follows the playbook just like how to lose a guy in ten days follows the playbook it follows the playbook and if you don't like the playbook then you're not gonna you're not you're not part of what we're talking about here 
but like I I think it's legitimately well done. Colin Quinn as the dad is perfect for me. It's just because Colin, anytime Colin Quinn, bring him in. Any movie he wants to be in, just let him be Colin Quinn and whatever he wants to do. So I uh, yeah, I absolutely love Trainwreck. It was it's it's I'm not a huge Amy Schumer person overall, but it it was good enough to get me over my I, I don't I just I just she doesn't really do it for me normally. So I, I like Trainwreck though. Uh, so my last one is also off the beaten path. It's, it's um, definitely older than. Well, I don't know if it's older than um, than Wedding Singer, but I, I haven't looked up the dates. But this is one that ab- I absolutely love, and it ri- it's like right on the line. And I almost considered taking it off my list, but I love this movie so much that I have to have to have to put it in there. Is Kevin Smith's Chasing Amy? Chasing Amy is a romantic comedy, and it's one of my, I would put it on my all, probably my top 15, top 10 movies. I absolutely love that film. It's like, if you don't think Ben Affleck is hilarious, go watch Chasing Amy. Uh, it's, it's absolutely incredible. And Jason Lee is probably one of the most underrated comedic actors of the last two decades. Uh, there's an entire scene where Jason Lee sells that with his facial expressions. And just to like, you know, I don't want to, there's a plot and granted the way it's listed on most streaming sites as an LG LGBTQ plus movie kind of ruins the twist in the middle of the film. But the scene where Ben Affleck and Jason Lee, his roommate realize that the girl that Affleck is in love with that Ben Affleck's not her type is just incredible because Jason Lee sells the whole thing with his facial expressions. He like sees her dancing with the girl and then looks back at Ben Affleck, like realizing it and just like the laugh. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. It's definitely not one to watch with the kids. It's not one that like, we're going to have a family Saturday and watch chasing Amy. Don't do that. Nana does not want to see this one, but it's absolutely incredible. So I've been thinking about, yeah. And I, I mean, rubber stamp chasing Amy. No, no question about it. So I've been thinking about, so I'm going through and, you know, I'm checking out the list and we didn't hit on a lot of these that I just think I feel like romantic comedies are generational. So like like I didn't think about when Harry met Sally at all. Because it's not our generation. Like it's definitely not our that's, generation. That's like our parents' rom com. Exactly. Like I didn't think about Pretty Woman. I didn't even really think about my best friend's wedding. I think that I mean I enjoy my best friend's wedding. I will watch my best friend's wedding. For sure I will watch it. But I didn't really think about it. So there's some Sleepless in Seattle, that's another one that's a little bit beyond us. But what I think is interesting that we didn't talk about and this is 100% a gender thing is Bridget Jones Diary. Because I think that if you had I think if you had like two women on this podcast that Bridget Jones Diary would have been brought up like immediately, I know my wife loves that movie, and so that's an interesting one. Like that's one that definitely is in is in the hierarchy that we just you know because of our limited view, we we miss that one for sure. Any other ones that come out to your stick out with you? Uh, ones that we didn't mention that are fairly newer. Crazy Stupid Love is yeah. really really good. Yeah. Um, that was that. Did that really kickstart the like the Gosling rev- revolution? Like I feel like that was like right at the same time that um. The, the movie that hipsters love that it's not really that good. He's the driver. Uh, whatever. What, which one is that? Are you talking about drive? Or are you talking about uh, between the, or not between two ferns uh, beyond the pines? <laughs> I was thinking of drive. I, I think drive place, is not that great, yeah, but so place beyond the pines is where, is where my goss, gossa, gossa, How are we going to say that? Gosling a like that. I got nothing. That doesn't work. I got nothing. Ryan. Yeah. There we go. 
It's, yeah, so Crazy Stupid Love is real, like, it's really funny. And the way that they bring those converging storylines together is real good. Uh, 500 Days of Summer is another yep. one that really straddles the line. Um, I, I I adore that movie. I think it's really, really good. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt absolutely crushes it. And it tells, it's a really, um, it's a really mature take on the rom-com and the romantic movie in general because the whole point of that movie is like sometimes the person that you think is perfect for you is not for you and they're perfect for somebody else like that's a that's a message that a lot of people need to hear Uh, and then the other one that again kind of straddles the line for me is the big sick yeah i absolutely love the big sick i i watched the big sick streaming because that's how everybody watched it and it is the rare movie that i have to pause it because i'm laughing so hard um like the the relations with her parents and just it's such a such a funny movie. Ray Romano crushes in that movie. Really great in that movie. Absolutely incredible and and uh, Camille Nanjiali and and he his back and forth is just absolutely perfect. Yeah, no, I like that movie and uh, I saw it in the theaters because I'm a hipster. Thank you. Uh, the same thing I saw Parasite. We didn't even talk about the Oscars. Parasite. I come on with it. I talked up that movie. I saw that in the theaters Boop. too. Anyway. Um, Bong Hive stand up. Yes, yeah, right. <laughs> our Snowpiercer. We're gonna have to watch a Snowpiercer television series. We're just all gonna be just so disappointed. It's just, Absolutely, oh, it's gonna be so upsetting. So I mentioned a few of mine. Uh, if we're gonna throw some more Hugh Grant and McConaughey movies out there, we'll do Two Weeks Notice, which is probably second on my Hugh Grant list, and then Wedding Planner, which like, I don't know if people like because that's J Lo and McConaughey. That's star power. That is. That that is incredible. I think another another one on my list is Hitch. Hitch is a really yeah. It's a, it's it's, it's that perfect saccharin that you're just like, I don't want to love this, but I can't hate it. Is the best way I can describe Hitch. It's like I want to hate this movie with everything in me, but dang it, I just have to love it. You, <laughs> like there's you just, no two ways around that. You just described uh, Kevin James. Like you've described his entire <laughs> career. And also, don't forget about Hitch Two, Son of the Hitch, which is obviously. <laughs> So it's a great. Uh, the one other movie I wanted to make sure I, I talked about was a movie that actually came out last year called Long Shot, which had which had Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron, Theron, uh, Theron, one of those. Not touching yeah, it. Yeah, one of those. It had uh, those two in it. it had June Diane Raff, Raphael. It had a it had a bunch of good people in it, and Long Shot was good. Like I saw Long Shot in the theater, and I left it. I go, oh, this is good. People are going to like this, and then it just didn't seem to take off and i'm not sure why like those are two famous people that their movies make money and one of them is like an oscar winner and was nominated for another oscar this year and i don't know why it didn't take off i assume it's on streaming services now like it's not the greatest movie in the world but as romantic comedies go it's good like i'd put it up there in like train wreck category of being a being like a really really good romantic comedy and i uh yeah i really enjoyed long shot it was like on that like I saw it and I was like, this is probably going to be good, but it also, like, there's just something that didn't click with me from the trailers, and I really, I wanted to see it. It's it's on Rotten Tomatoes. It's, like, on their top 75 uh, rom-coms, which, again, Rotten Tomatoes, I can take or leave in a lot of senses. Uh, top five is one that's pretty solid. It's it's uh, Chris Rock and Rosario Dawson. It's really good that I appreciate. Uh, I'm trying to think of other ones that we may be forgetting. I think that, I feel like we've, we've plumbed the depths, Raymond. I feel like we have gotten as close as we can to an exhaustive list. There are no other romantic comedies that have ever existed ever. And if we missed it, then it doesn't matter. No, that's not true. There is one coming out that 
I I don't know if we're gonna call it a rom a rom com, but it's the one with Kumail Nanjiani and uh, Issa Rae, and it's called Lovebirds. Have you seen the previews for this thing? I have. Uh, I I'm all in. Like I am a hundred percent in. I am like Thursday night previews in to this movie. <laughs> like it is, it checks every single possible box on my on my rom com list. I'm I'm all about it. I, it's gonna be a good one. It's I mean you you put those two in a, that's a that's a those are two people that would find a way to make me laugh reading the Apple user agreement. Yeah. So I would definitely go see them watch, uh, go watch them play in a romantic comedy. But that. Brings us to your favorite segment, my favorite segment, your grandmother's favorite segment. Don't sleep on it, Ray. What can, can the good folks not sleep on this week? Well, I went, I went over the weekend and I saw Birds of Prey in the name they decided. One to of change. six people. Yeah. <laughs> did you Did you see that they like changing the name or something? I just saw it. I just saw it come across my feed, so I don't actually know what they're doing uh, with Birds of. It's Prey. Harley Quinn colon the Birds of Prey. Oh, that's what they changed it to instead of whatever yeah. it was before, which was Birds of Prey and like the how I learned the to fabulous love the emancipation. Bond. Yeah, like, yeah, like what? What was that? I don't even understand. Hey, do you, I don't know. Do you know who the biggest star in our movie is and a name that people know? It's Margot Robbie and the character Harley Quinn. You know what we should do? Not mention that it's those people at all. Like that's what we should put do. it after several words. It was it was so random. Here's what I'll say about that movie. That movie is not like peak even comic book movie. Like it's certainly not. But I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I thought it was a real step up from from a lot of the stuff we've seen from DC uh, over the definitely step up from Suicide that Squad. That is not even in question. I do think it had some of like the same problems like the seams really show in the story sometimes like you could see that like there are some hard cuts and you can see that like there was their story there was meat that was left on the bone of a lot of the stories and you have to just kind of make some jumps in your head about who characters are and how they're connected and how they all arrive at the same place and that's just basic storytelling issues that would be better if it was run by a better studio like i mean it's really just that like it's really that and the choreography has some messy parts in it where you know you see people behind the main character waiting which is always one of the things that just drives me nuts when i'm watching a fight scene um by the way even the best action movies struggle with that there's some of that in john wick 3 which i don't want to talk bad about john wick 3 but there's some of that going on so i so yeah, so I think that I think that you know it has its problems, but like if we're talking about like as comic book movies go, like it's as good as Ant Man and the Wasp, it's as good as the Spider Man movies. Like I don't understand why it doesn't get. Well, I know why because DC, you're trying to you're trying to dig yourself out of a hole, and and that's why it's not getting. But it's as good as those movies. If you like those movies, if you like those kind of fun movies that don't really have a point, but it's just a lot of fun action movie, if you're going to watch whatever nonsense Will Smith's going to come out with this year, then you might as well go watch Birds of Prey because I did like I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was a fun two hours or however long it was. I'm curious to see what, it, what its second weekend looks like because there's like relatively positive word of mouth. right? Like I don't feel like a lot of people are talking about it, but those that are talking about it positively – and with the name change, and the justification is like we want to make it more noticeable in the in the apps, which I get. Like I see, the best part about Suicide Squad was Harley Quinn, 
right? The best, and so people will see Harley Quinn and be like, oh, I knew they were making that movie. Let me go check it out. And I don't. Are there any big releases this weekend that are going to compete with it or take a chunk out of its uh, out of its box office? It's like it's Valentine's Day weekend, so they're obviously anything romantic will get a bump. But if there's nothing that's worthwhile out there to watch this weekend, <laughs> then I don't necessarily see if anybody wants to jump on it. Are you ready for the big release? Of course, Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh man, that's a Valentine's Day. Got it. I so I want to talk about Sonic the Hedgehog real quick. Is that movie gonna bomb or is that movie gonna bomb? It is going to absolutely faceplant, and the money that they spent to remake Sonic is just gonna look even more ridiculous in hindsight. But I want to talk about Sonic the Hedgehog for one brief moment. Why on earth? Is Jack in the Box the fast food sponsor for Sonic the Hedgehog and not Sonic freaking drive-in? <laughs> We're bringing it full circle. That's another question I have. Is Sonic America's drive-in actually America's drive-in? Like, is Sonic all around the country? Or is it just our little neck of the woods? Right, right into us, because I don't know. Well, they uh, they just got they just got acquired by uh, the group that's buying like Arby's and Buffalo Wild Wings that wants to be the biggest fast food and fast casual conglomerate in the country. So they will be national at some point. That's how you could see the future. You should think to yourself, what are all these things that always show up in articles about what millennials are killing? Yeah, we should buy up all that stuff. We should buy up Buffalo Wild Wings. Which please don't eat at Buffalo Wild Wings. Like there is a wing place. There's a wing place in your city that is better than Buffalo. If you leave even in a mid-sized city, there's a wing place in your city that's better than Buffalo Wild Wings. Please, please trust yourself. Please believe in yourself and go and find the better wings. Any local place will be better than Buffalo Wild Wings, and any wing stop will be better than Buffalo I'm Wild saying, Wings. If you have to do a chain, wing stop is just like, it's 10 times better than Buffalo. Like, really, it's not even close. Get the get the fries cooked extra. Thank you. They'll they'll stand up better. Thank you. Uh, in the long run, it's just the right way to go about your life. That's right. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm banging the drum this week on uh, a, a book a, a book series I kind of stumbled into. Uh, it's, it's about it's the Alex Virus novel series. So I have this weird thing going right now that I am uh, really into like modern fantasy. I, I really absolutely love like modern fantasy things. Um, I got I when my son when my son was born, I really fell head over heels into the Dresden Files. I cranked through all those audio books. Uh, so I, because well, my wife went to sleep early because our son was getting up several times at night to eat, and so I was cleaning the house by myself. Earbuds in, rock out, do some cleaning, right? And so I was trying to figure out something similar. Uh, and so I went on Reddit like you want to do. And I asked in the Dresden Files subreddit, because where else are you going to ask that? What uh, what books are similar or what books scratch that same itch? And somebody recommended this series of books. It's, it's the Alex Virus book series. And it's uh, it's an interesting modern fantasy uh, tale. It's about a, a, a wizard who has uh, some... Like it's he's a time he does time magic he can kind of see different actualities in time um, and it's really interesting because he like owns a magic shop and he's kind of hiding in plain sight and it it, it slowly but surely like unearths and peels back layers and layers of like this magic society that kind of runs parallel with uh, with hum- with regular people normal society and I think it's really really interesting uh, and and also like the guy who reads the audiobooks is British so like. That's always a plus for me is listening to that dude read for, you know, six hours at a time. So uh, I'm banging the drum this week on the Alex Virus book series.
You're banging the drum, huh? Just keep going with it. It's fine. Just, just Gerald, that's my other podcast. Gerald does this other podcast that you know he does. He does it more often than this one. To be fair, he also cares about it more. <laughs> I don't care about it more. Ray. Yes, you don't do. You, don't you? Yes, say you that do. I love both of my children, this Raymond. Is, this is the this is Act Two of our romantic comedy, and then we'll this is we'll Act Three. We'll I'll bring you I'll bring you some I'll bring you some signs, and I'll t- you're well well. Mario, who doesn't listen to the podcast, is going to have to come talk to you about why you're making a mistake. Oh yeah, absolutely. That'll be the, that'll be what why why he's gonna he's gonna give you he's gonna talk to you about something not related. Yeah, but it's gonna make you realize that you're making a mistake. Exactly. He's gonna it's gonna be exclusively around smoked meats. It's gonna be a brisket <laughs> analogy. He's he's gonna open up the smoker to check the temperature, and he's gonna say, you know, sometimes you don't you don't always get the the smoke ring that you're looking for, but. As long as the, the, the meat is juicy, yep. as long as the, 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 the brisket is tender, <laughs> you get what you came for. It's a Rolling Stone song. What, beautiful. It's Can, beautiful. Oh, man. Well, that's all we've got for you this week. Raymond, where can the good folks find you on the internet? I am on Twitter at RM Summerlin. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at GH Goodrich. Follow the show on Twitter at two woke nerds you can shoot us an email two woke nerds at gmail.com thank you so much for tuning in again this week and until next time stay woke stay woke